You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikenao Keke and be blessed. I thank God for the opportunity that we have to gather as a church to fellowship, to sing praises, to worship the one who is God alone and to look into his word. Praise the Lord. I have a desire for us this morning. I don't know if I have a sermon, but I have a desire. And my desire is that you and I will see Jesus. Now, and I know you may have seen him before. I believe you must have had some form of encounter with him. But my prayer and desire is that we will see him better. The songwriter sang, we see him high and lifted up, shining in the light of his glory. Okay, to see him better. Because um, as one journeys on this path that we are in, you continue to see that a lot of things are shadows. There's so much, so much shadow everywhere. And if care is not taken, you would, you know, be grasping and reaching and holding shadows. But the substance, you might be letting it go. So I pray and desire, especially also as today is um, communion, we're going to be going to the table of communion, that we will see him, embrace him, and fellowship with him, and that our lives will not be the same in Jesus' name. You know, the Bible says so many things, and because it is the Word of God, we could never really fully, you know, download all that it's saying. But we keep experiencing, and we're going from, you know, line upon line, precept upon precept. But have you ever marveled at John chapter 1 from verse 1, you know, just maybe the first three verses? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, verse 2 says... He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him was nothing made that was made. For says, in him was life. Praise the Lord. That in him was life is not saying that is no more in him. It means in him was the source of life. And in him is the sustenance of life. Praise the Lord. In him was the beginning of life. In him is still life. Because in John 10, 10, he says, I've come that what you may have life and have it what? More abundantly. If you took time to meditate on that passage, you will see that anything outside of him is not life. If in him is life, outside of him is what? Nothing. Shadows. Praise the Lord. A nice movie. You know, I've seen children who have never traveled outside of this country. And you hear them speak English. They speak like, you know, they're going to one school in California or one school in Houston. You know, phonetics perfect. Not the one that, you know, our people are forming at old age. Mixing, uh, <laughs> mixing Ogun State with... Uh, Clear, you know, clear, sweet English. And you know what has happened? They have not gone anywhere. They are just watching Cartoon Network. Okay? 
So the same way you can be seeing things in movies and actually get into it. I, I think I've told us here, you know, before when one was growing up, you, you watch movies and we, you know, we all wanted to be Americans. You watch movies and you see the way, you know, the, the movie people behave. So you adjust immediately. So when you go to school, you walk like they walk. Praise the Lord. And you try to sound like they sound. It, it was, you know, it was in those days that we didn't think people walked straight in America. If you wanted to be a guy, you had to walk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was in the movie. Because even going to America, I don't even think you see a lot of people walking like that. If you want to see people walk like you have to go to the subways. Where the criminals are. Normal people don't walk like that. But you see, those are things that are put in a dramatic form in the movie. So it catches your attention. You know, and then when you're driving the car, you have to put the seat back. Some people still do that. I think they're still watching the movies. You know, and then they're turning the steering. Nobody does that. Praise the Lord. Anyway, so in him is life. Outside of him, there's no life. Shadows. Emptiness. Come with me to Luke 24. And I'll read an account that I believe we're familiar with. I'll read from verse 13. It's a long one, but um, we'll read it through. Now behold... You can read with me if you're there. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this? that you have with one another as you work and are sad. Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he, this is Jesus, said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then Jesus said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. 28. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, 
for it is toward evening and the day is fast spent. And he went in to stay with them. 30. Now it came to pass as they sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. 31. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon, 35. And they told also about the things that had happened on the road. And how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. I had an experience just last night. Um, Pastor Livingstone sent me a message on WhatsApp. And I was to forward the message to some other person. And I tried to highlight, you know how you do forward. I tried to take the message and forward. And I wasn't getting the option. I tried everything. The only thing he was ready to do was delete. I said, my WhatsApp, these people have gone crazy. What's going on here? There is, you know, I tried different things. It wasn't going. And in my, you know, attempt, after thinking WhatsApp was faulty, my phone was faulty, you know, um, Livingstone's message probably came with coronavirus, you know, I was thinking of all different, all kinds of options because what normally should happen wasn't happening until I realized that this message he sent me, I was to download it first. So all the options on the top of my screen were not showing. And then I now realized that, oh, I had to download. So when I downloaded, all the options came up. Now, people of God, if your Christianity is not working the way it should or the way the maker said it should, please go back to the maker. There is no fault in it. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? There is no fault. Our Lord Jesus Christ had this testimony. He said he has done all things what? Well. Even before the fall, when God finished his creation, the Bible said he looked at everything that he had made. And what did he say? It was very good. I've come to say to you and I here, this thing works. Praise the name of the Lord, somebody. I said what? This thing, it does what? It works, it works, it works, it works. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is victory in the name of Jesus. There is joy in the name of Jesus. There is peace in the name of Jesus. There is love in the name of Jesus. You see, this thing is powerful. It is loaded that we are groping. There is no malfunction with the application. Praise the Lord, somebody. Nothing is malfunctioning. The God that has spoken to you and I, the God that has created, he said, if his covenant with the sun and the day is still there, then what are you talking about? The day you and I wake up and the sun is shaking, like half current, then you can begin to suspect something is wrong. But as long as it has to do with my life, then you and I need to go back to the maker. Praise the Lord, somebody. 
There are a lot of us, including myself, finding ourselves in circumstances and situations where we are convincing ourselves that we have done all. The fault is with, you know, living stone or the message or the phone or, you know, one thing or the other. But there is something we have to do. There is something in the package. There is something we don't know. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. The text we read here, we find this man, what we call now, what we are going to be celebrating in a few weeks now, as Good Friday, is what was making these people sad. Anybody here get sad on Good Friday? Is there any person here that Good Friday you, you become sad? You know why you don't become sad? Because you have seen and understood the way it was meant to work. You have seen that the events of this Friday were designed for your liberation. So what these people saw, they were sad. They were downcast. They were saying, how can? They were saying their master. If you read that story in details, they said how the chief priests and the rulers took him by wicked hands and crucified him. And, you know, it depressed them. That's why they were sad. But you and I know the same information, have the same facts, but it doesn't make us sad. We rejoice. In fact, in Acts of the Apostles, the Spirit of God by the, you know, inspiring the writer Luke, said which God, you know, that God took these people to carry out with their wicked hands the things that he predetermined to execute his predetermined cancer. Is someone following me? You see, I want you to start this meeting we are holding with a place where he is altogether what? Lovely. You know, Jesus and this Christianity and this faith that we're involved in is a complete one, is a perfect one. However, there are steps, there are principles, there are foundations, what you may call I think principles catches it. There are things that you must have as a foundation to be able to enjoy, to work in the fullness of what we are looking at. Praise the Lord. Let me just digress and make this illustration so I don't forget it. Another one. A young lady in the university, I don't want to mention the names, a young lady in the university who so-called had become born again was encouraging another young lady who also had become born again. But this other young lady had a problem. Her problem was, now this born again thing, or I don't know if she had become, or whether I was, you know, trying to minister to. And her problem was, I cannot be born again and still be keeping boyfriend. You know what this other young lady said to her? He said, you don't understand born again. That when you're born again, it doesn't change anything. Just do anything as unto the Lord. Still be sleeping with your boyfriend, but as unto the Lord. That, that was what the Bible, once it's, you're now born again, Abby, he said, once you're now born again, just do it as unto the Lord. Because in the Lord, uh -uh, doesn't the blood of Jesus cleanse? Eh, just continue as you are, but when you go to the, just do it as unto the Lord. Now, you see the way your eyes are opening now. Because you know better that that is not the truth. But do you know that there may be many areas of our lives where ignorance and darkness is clouding us. That's why the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are what? Mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Not those strongholds are not concrete. 
Those strongholds are such darknesses, such lies that cover the truth of who Jesus is. Casting down imaginations and what? Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. So you see that someone can be so-called, you know, born again or whatever it is and be living in such darkness and deception and be preaching it. This lady was not talking to herself. She was talking to another person. Praise the Lord. Now, it's, it's the same Christ. And that is what we find in this story. These two men were called disciples. And you and I read in the scriptures, not once, not twice, did Jesus say to them, the son of man will be betrayed into the hands of wicked men. Didn't he say to them, not just once. And he will be what? Crucified. On the third day, he will do what? He will rise again. He said that to them. It was clear to them. But how come at this time when the events were unfolding right before their eyes, they were reasoning and conversing and they couldn't get it? Let me tell you why. Because along the line, this man had left who Jesus was showing them he was to who they wanted Jesus to be. Now, who would want a friend or a master who, when it's time to pay tax, will bring money from the mouth of fish and both of you pay? When you're hungry, he will take one stick of plantain and feed 12 of you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? When you need to travel, if the boat is not fast enough, he will take all of you and you will run over the water and arrive where you're going. Who would not want such a friend to stay forever. That's why when Jesus was trying to say, the first time he said, I'm going to be betrayed and crucified, Peter took him aside and said, um, what's younger brother in your Bible? A boy is senior brother. Aburu. He said, he said Aburu. What? What? Man for let you. <laughs> he said, don't mention it. This good time will not stop you. He said to him, we have a good thing going. Look at everybody. They are talking about you. That crucifixion one. We reject it. And they continued in this Jesus that they had created for themselves. It infected every one of them. James and John discussed it at home to the extent that their mother came with them to their next disciples meeting. And said, at least, let me intervene. Since all of them, their mothers haven't come. Let me come first. And she came and said to Jesus, we want something from you as a family. Family request. What are we asking? That in your kingdom, as the way you're going now, very soon you'll be crowned. Left and right, let James be on the left and John be what? On the right. So that we'll know that Zebedee is after Jesus, Zebedee's family. That's what they were saying. But don't forget that the same Jesus had been teaching them in some of their arguments that said, who will be the greatest? And Jesus would say to them, any amongst you who wants to be the greatest, what should they do? Should become the servant of all. They didn't hear it. They were not hearing it. How many of you have had experience of speaking to someone, but because the expectations of the person you're speaking to are so far-fetched from what you're saying, they don't hear you. You're saying all you're saying, they're not hearing you. 
They've set their imagination. This is what is going to happen. This is what, how you're going to say it. And this will be the conclusion. You're speaking, but they can't hear. You have to almost shock them. To say, oh boy, listen to me. That was what happened with Jesus, with the disciples. They followed him three years and a half. They slept in the same house. They traveled together. They ate the same place. But amongst them, it was as though there was a cloud. They could not see him the way he was revealing himself to them. They were seeing him according to the Jesus they wanted. And we've said it here, you know. The Bible makes us understand that there's nothing new under the sun. You know that. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything that was in the Old Testament, I mean, human beings were there. You know, the devil was there, God was there, and all of that. The same way that in the New Testament. But the difference is that in the New Testament, things which were physical in the Old Testament, in the New, don't appear that physical. What happens in the New Testament? They're a bit more intangible. Let's use that word. So, whereas the major problem that God had with the Jews in the Old Testament, or his children, unquote, in the Old Testament, was the worship of idols, isn't it? That was the main problem he had with them. And why did they worship idols in the Old Testament? Anybody help me? Why did they worship idols in the Old Testament? Very easy. They worship idols because their neighboring nations worshipped idols. And that's why God, that explains why God said to them, when you go to the land of Canaan, I'm going to give you, he said, wipe out every of the nations, clear them. Why was God doing that? So that they will not see, they will not learn, they will not observe and desire. In fact, every downfall of the nation of Israel was as a result of observation. May the Lord keep your eyes straight in the name of Jesus. When they asked for King Saul, who was his pain to them? What was their reason for King Saul? They said, give us a king like other nations. Give us a king like other nations. Every other nation. Ah, look at Togo, they have king. Look at Cameroon, they have king. Look, at, They all have, give us our own king. That was their problem. Whereas God himself has said, you are my people. I am your God. I will be your king. I will fight your battles. Okay? So this was the problem. Everywhere they went, they will see, they will peep through, and they will see that their neighbors had some, you know, things they carved, some things they were worshiping. And they desired it. Why was that so? Because their own God was represented by an ark, the ark of the tabernacle, which was in the holy of holies, which was not visible to them. So somehow, to some extent, they were compelled to live by faith. Are you with me? They were compared to trust and believe in this invisible God. But the gods of the other nations, they could see them towers of statues and all kinds of things. Bulls, oxes, you know, five-headed beasts and all kinds of things. So this was their problem in the Old Testament. Now, in the New Testament, how does that recreate itself in this way? Let me tell you how it recreates itself. It recreates itself in the desires of of the believers. Just like we saw with Peter. Jesus was saying, this is who I am. I have a kingdom to bestow on you. The father has a plan. But Peter was not seeing that. All Peter was seeing was that, Herod, hmm, that's your office. Very soon, Jesus will do what? Overthrow you. John was seeing what? A Pilate, that's your office. Very soon, what will happen? Jesus will overthrow you. A greater than Caesar is here. Very soon, just like David. 
you know, became king over Israel and won battles all over and extended the territory of Israel, you know, to as far as they knew. So we did Jesus do. So everything that they were thinking was an imagination that was not coming from God. They had set up all kinds of things that they were expecting, all kinds of things that they were desiring. That's why when they were going to Jerusalem and the Samarians, Samaritans sorry, said they would not allow Jesus to pass through. James and John said, do these people know who you are? Do they know that you're a king that does not have to shoot an arrow? He said, just stand aside. He said, Master, let's call down fire. Let's teach them a lesson. And Jesus said to them, no. He said, that's not, you don't you've not understood who you're dealing with. He said, this king has not come to conquer men. This king has come to bruise the head of Satan and to lift up men. Praise the name of the Lord. So, the, under this new dispensation, there are idols, even more so. But these idols are not carved. These idols, they may be manufactured, they may be, you know, in different places. But there are things that draw us, that control us, that inspire us, that push us, that pain us, that hurt us, that excite us more than who Jesus is to us. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Let me break it down. Have you asked yourself whether you adore Jesus? You know we sing it. You know what it means to adore Jesus? You know what it means to love him? It means that if you have Jesus, you see this your beautiful tie, you can throw it away and be happy throwing it away. It means nothing to you. But you see, the way material things grab men and influence us and make us angry, in fact, the way human beings even make us angry. I've told us there the story when I was very young, maybe about five years, about my auntie, the um, Israelite, the lady now, the Oyibo lady from Israel. You know, we read the Bible, Israel. So I thought she came from heaven. So my uncle married this, you know, Jewish woman. Whenever she comes, if I sit with her and hold her hand, for that whole day, I won't eat. For that whole day, I won't eat. I'm not fasting. My joy is full. I'm holding someone from heaven. The lady was in trouble. I'm sure she, she wouldn't know what to do with me. I would just hold her and be happy. I'll just be smiling the whole day until they go. I cannot be angry that day. I cannot be provoked. Nothing that you do to me will matter. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you see Jesus for who he is, you begin to comprehend a bit of this. I'm talking about a human being. Is someone getting, this is what Paul saw. And he began to say that I may know him. It's what Paul saw. And he said, I count all things but done. How many people have said that? All people are saying is that I need this, I need this. They have not seen Jesus. The Holy Spirit says to us that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure which a man found. It means the kingdom is treasure. And he says, when that kingdom is found, what does the man do? He says, he, for joy, not just sells. You know, he can sell something in pain. That's the new language in Abuja now. They call it distress selling. Be careful, it's 419 people. They bring you land that you know is 50 million. They say it's 5 million. Distress seller, it's 419. You don't want to buy, make somebody distressed. Anyway, so people can sell under distress. But no, he says, for joy over it. What does he do? He goes and sells all that he has to go and buy that treasure. It is revelation. 
people of God, until your revelation of Christ gives you joy beyond other things. It's a place to desire. That's why we're looking at it. It's a place to want to get. I can't imagine it's easy because it's not been easy for me. Sometimes, you know, no matter what happens around me, I just ask myself, this thing that has happened, has it taken away Jesus? And I'll say, no, it hasn't taken away Jesus. Then he'll say to me, why are you sad? Why are you angry? How can I be angry if I have Jesus? This was what influenced some of the songs we used to hear growing up. He said, if you take the whole world, give me Jesus. It's a revelation. But you know what we sing now? Take Jesus and give me a breakthrough. Take Jesus and give me something. A lot of people in their hearts, Jesus is a limitation. If I were not born again, eh? Hmm. Anyway, just thank God I'm born again. Imagine what the Holy Spirit will be feeling. Now, the Bible says to us in Hebrews chapter 3, is it Hebrews 3 or Hebrews 1? 1 3. Hebrews 1 3. Who being the express image of the Godhead? Hebrews 1 3. Thank you. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person? Now, look at who this Jesus is. The Father, God, the creator of this whole thing that we see. Jesus is what? The brightness of his glory. That word there talks about the HD, the high definition appearance of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? High definition appearance of God. Some of us here like football. Some of us here like music and all of that. Now, trying to break it down as simple as it is. Imagine for those who like football, for those who are, you know, there are two camps in football, you know, Ronaldo camp and Messi camp. If you're a Messi camp or Ronaldo camp, either of them, imagine if Messi, he's coming to Hilton and he wants to meet with you and the time is 3 a.m. Will you tell him 3 a.m. is too early? Some people will be there three days before, am I right? Oh, yes. No, we're, we're even going far. I know Davido and uh, what, what are those names? The people who are crazy about them are not here. But you see, he's saying the express image of God came to us. And he went on and says, I like the passage, upholding all things by the word of his power. This is talking about his capacity. He's the one who is upholding all of creation. This is the Jesus that has made himself available to you. Sirs and mas, brothers and sisters, do you treasure him? What do you judge of him? You know, when the Bible says in all things we should give thanks for this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. It's difficult to explain to somebody who has not had a revelation, but just taking the scripture alone, it says he upholds all things by the word of his power. And then the song, the old school singer sang the song. They said, all the way to Calvary he went for me. He went for me. He went for all the way to Calvary. This Jesus went for you. And hold up, he's tearing you apart. Do you understand? And some boss in the office, some human being, some chief of staff is threatening you and you're panicking. Paul stood before King Agrippa and Festus, combined power, ECOWAS, not just Nigeria. African Union. And he looked at them. He smiled. He said, I wish, I wish all of you here were as I am, just without the chains. You know, he wasn't mocking. 
He was speaking from a place of revelation. He knew that the creator, the one who sustained the palace that they were on, the one who created the gold with which they built their crowns, the one who spoke the day that they were living in, the one who started and will wrap it up and nothing else will be seen. He knew that that one was living inside of him. And he knew that that one desired also to save this one. So when he looked at them, he had no hurt. Anybody in church today that is angry with someone, please don't waste your anger. The goodness of the Lord is too much. Praise the Lord. There is a goodness. It's the goodness. Let, let me help you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's helping me because I'm talking to Nigeria. It's the goodness of when you're coming out from the embassy and they've issued you visa. Can anybody step on your toes and you'll be angry? When they step on your toes, they say, bless you, bless you, bless you. Uh, <laughs> you have the paper for visa collection. You cannot be angry. You can't be angry. You know what? Goodness fuels you. When you know who this Christ is, you will search in your body for badness. You won't see it. Because his goodness will overwhelm you. His faithfulness will, you know, it will capture you. When you see us behaving the way we shouldn't behave, we don't know him. We've not entered into a revelation. You see, God has not asked us anything. He said his commandments are not what? Burdensome. You know why they appear burdensome? We are missing something. We are missing something. When we get it, we see him, we understand. You know, the Spirit of the Lord ministered to me some time ago. He said, if a man went such so much as to go and die, you know, do something extreme for you, will you ever doubt him in life? That's a man. He said, the Son of God came from heaven down to the earth, lived on the earth, and went to the cross to die for you. And all of that, not being sure you will accept him. That's why that part that says reckless love. It was a reckless love. Because many are scorning him up to today. And he did that praying that someday you will come to see how much he loves you. He's not a man. He's not my boss. He's not the president. He's not a big man. He's not an intelligent man. He's not a professor. He's God. He's not the medical doctor. He is God, the creator. He's the I am that I am. He's the one with eyes of fire. Praise the Lord. From whose tongue proceeds a double-edged sword. Whose feet are like brass. Whose countenance is like the sun in his full strength. That is the Jesus we are talking about. The one before whom the angels fall prostrate. The captain of the host of heaven. He came down to go to the cross for you. And then you stand and he says to you, take a step of faith. He said, I'm not sure he will catch me if I fall. The two disciples had been with Jesus. They had seen his miracles, but they never contemplated his power. You see, we've said here several times, the Christian believes that Jesus is the son of God. Isn't that what we say? That's what believe in his heart, okay, and that he died. This son of God, how did he start? He said, a virgin conceived by the aid of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it? Now, these two disciples, we're looking at them. How did they imagine that flesh, men born of flesh, can squeeze out life out of one born of the Spirit? The Bible say, Kukuada Amonia. 
which means you cannot tie. You cannot catch air now. How do you tie it and hold it? Do you understand? This one was born of the spirit. They knew his story. They must have known. It's recorded for us eh? that this one, Joseph is not his father. You know the story. And they all believe. Now, how on the journey do you now imagine that the chief priest and Pilate can issue a command and all of a sudden Jesus is restrained. He can't save himself. You know what I'm trying to say to somebody? Don't go far. What you're going through is a, is a setup. God is not incapacitated. God is not at loss. It's a plan. That's what they missed. And they thought that, that, that what was apparent was reality. But what was apparent was passing by. So that the reality can set. It says it was impossible for him to be held down by death. So the only reason he went through death, if someone hear him, was so that you and I can pass through death and be looking for it is no longer there because he has broken the power of death. It was never meant to hold him. He submitted to it as an undercover agent. And when he passed through the power of death, he took everything that was in it so that you and I don't die again. We sleep. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. But they were sad. They were sad because they thought Jesus was just a man. But Fred Hammond sang the song for us. He said, he's not just a man. He's not just a man. And today, I know you know he's not just a man. You know he's God. But I've come to tell you, he's not also a God that is far off. Some of us say he's God, but he's far off. This God is in Nigeria now. Don't worry what they're doing. Don't, don't mind what they're doing. He's in Nigeria. Your, your business and my business is to find out whether we have downloaded the message. Praise the Lord, somebody. These disciples, they said, are you a stranger? They were with him. How come you don't know what happened? They were teaching the teacher. You know, the Bible says some things. It says somewhere, it says, if anyone thinks he's, he, he knows something, he says he knows nothing. Have you thought about that? If you think you know something, then you don't even know anything. These people were saying, ah, ah, oh, this man, you're the only person who doesn't know what is going on. Whereas he's the only person who knew what was going on. But you see, ignorance is so strong that when you're in it, it can masquerade as anything. And they were not speaking it with shyness. They were speaking it with boldness. And they began to tell him all the things that happened. And this was where they betrayed themselves. They said, we were hoping that it will be him. You see, when you know Jesus, you go from hope to certainty. He says, Jesus Christ, the same when? Yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says the promises of God for us in Christ Jesus, they are not maybe some, mm -mm, they are what? Yes, and they are what? Amen. In Christ Jesus, we, we learned last Sunday that it, God does not go. God does not come. You see, God is too big that he cannot go. God is too big, he cannot get better. He's omni of everything. He's omni good. He's omni wise. He's omni powerful. 
You see, God can know more. God can do more. He has done all that there can be done. He has done. He's omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. He's omniware, omni-know, omni-power, omni-everything, omni-love. God is all. Now, when you come to him, as we are coming today, take all doubts and ask yourself, how, where does this stand besides the knowledge of this God? Somebody is sick in the body. With the stripes of Jesus, you have what? Been healed. Praise the Lord. Everything we are in need of, in him, provision has what? Been made. That's why oftentimes when Jesus would heal while he was on the earth, he would not say, my power heals you. You know what he says? He says, your faith has healed you. You know the difference? The money is in the bank. Oh. The check Presenting the check is your business. The bank doesn't pay you because your, uh, the, the, the credit or your beneficiary has money in the bank. The bank pays you because you came with a check to draw. If that man gives you the check and you never go to the bank because it doesn't look like he has that kind of money, you will go on what? without benefiting from the thing that he has given to you. This morning, Jesus is saying to you and I, open your eyes. Praise the Lord. Open your eyes. But beyond even that level, he's saying, do you know who I am? I am God. Do you know why I came? He said, I came to bring to myself brothers and sisters i came from somewhere in john 17 he was saying to the father he said now i've done the work that you sent me to do now glorify me with the glory that i have with you before time began he said you sent me to this people i've declared yourself to them what is god's desire ultimately god's desire is not that sergeant master will become a big man no that is too little there have been big men before now. Are you understanding what I'm saying? There have been big men. We've heard of Alexander the Great. We've heard of, um, you know, all kinds of names. People that have become big. Then what is this thing? What is this thing that the Bible says? Christ in us. The hope of glory. It is that someday you will not just be a big man. You will be found in the fullness of the stature of Christ. He wants you to be like him so that you can fully and effectively function as he is. For he said, as I am, so what? Are you in this world? The Bible says we, we, we behold this whole thing in a mirror, though dimly. But he says we are being what? Transformed from the same what? Image as from what? Glory to glory. When you genuinely see Jesus, you know what will be happening to you. I, I said I wanted. To, I said I'll ask us a question. How many of us remember all our gra gra beginning of this year? The people that declared year of this and year of that. You know they've forgotten all of that. The only thing the Bible says you and I should be doing is be changing. <laughs> 
to his image. So the question should be, am I more like Christ on the 1st of March than I was on the 1st of January? The Bible telling us about the church, Ephesians chapter 4, I believe, it says he himself gave some apostles, prophets, teachers, all of that. Why did he give us all, that, all those gifts? You think it's for us to come to church and have them charge us so that they can say you're a wonderful preacher. I don't even want to hear that again. I want to be, in fact, maybe my new name is Mechanic. Just fix loosening and tightening. You understand what I'm saying? Look at what he said. He gave some to be what? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, some pastors. For what? The equipping. What do mechanics do? They equip. Equip you on this journey. Equipping of the saints. For what? The work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till what is the purpose? Till we all come to the unity of the faith. Now And what? The knowledge of of the son of God. So you see that the knowledge of the son of God is a destination. Is a destination. To know him. Paul prayed it. That I may what? No, it's a destination. Look at the other one. It says to a what? Perfect man. That word perfect man does not mean sinless. It means mature. It means a man that is a man. Praise the Lord. Let, let, let me break it down. It means a man that will not beat his wife. It means a man that if the wife's mouth is running like a woman, the man will keep quiet. Because you're a man, you're not a woman. You know some men, when their wives talk, they can talk more than the woman. It means a man that will not take his business and put it on social media. All my enemies, well, all those that God took away from my life, he knows what they said behind my back. What is a man posting that kind of thing? Allow women and girls to post it. To a mature man, a man that deals with issues and leaves out emotions. I mean, maybe when you and your wife are together, it can, you know, be a little bit emotional. But it's a, a man that can that dissect matters. You see, to, to, to a mature man, That's what he's saying. That's what this, you come to church so that we bring you to a place of stability. Last Sunday, we said we don't just, the world was not to make us sing and dance. Was to make us what? Stable and to declare. That's what a man does. That's where Job was. Job said to the wife, don't worry woman, I understand. I don't, I don't put a blame on you. But I know that God's faithfulness is not going to be measured by the weather. Whether I have good or whether I have bad, the Lord is yet good. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall what? Continually be in my mouth. I will say to my soul, so put your hope in God. That's what a mature man is. Circumstances don't dictate his action. When you get to that point, the, the devil will begin to lose his interest in tempting you. Because you're non-responsive. You don't respond. You're not ticklish anymore. To a perfect man, to what's the last one? It says to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's where he wants us to be. 
You know why we have to be there? Because when we get there, heaven will be happy. The Bible says the purpose of the church is that by the church, by you, by I, might be made known unto principalities and power. You know the way you and I will get excited about a new car? You know the way we get excited about money and about breakthroughs and all of that? Heaven is looking for the display of his wisdom to principalities and powers. Heaven is looking for, well, that's what happened when Nebuchadnezzar said, the God of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, he alone is what? God. That's what heaven is looking for. And that's what we're waiting for in Nigeria. For men that would declare God to this nation. We don't just want an empty transformation. We want a transformation that is triggered by men who know their God. Praise the Lord somebody. Men who have had an encounter. Men who become witnesses. Men who win converts in high places. You know, it's good to, to go, you know, to those that are in the valley, those that are hungry, and witness to them. But Jesus died for those that are on top. Jesus died for the generals. Jesus died for the political, you know, uh, the cabals and the rest of them. And the only thing that is going to bring them is when the people of God, the children of God declare to them the many-sided wisdom of God. You know how that is going to happen? When they come to the fullness of the stature of Christ. When they stand and no weapon formed against them is able to prosper. Everybody will know that something is different. My prayer and desire for you is that in your offices you have this testimony. In your homes, you have this testimony. People will honor Christ because of you. It's, that is what it should be. That's what brings joy to heaven. When you're, you're, you're business associate, you're a lawyer, you're, you're a medical doctor, people know that this thing you're doing is beyond medicine. How, what is going on? What is going on? Praise the Lord. What is going on? It says to the fullness of Christ. At that time you become an answer. The life that was in Christ flows through you. And then that same life is flowing everywhere. And you're now diffusing the fragrance of Christ. You become a general. The king of kings. The Lord of lords can look and say that's my own. He looks like me. Tell your neighbor, you, you, you will soon look like him. You will soon look like him. In the name of Jesus. No, not those that say, no, just do anything. I won't see you born again. Just do it unto the Lord. The devil is alive. They have not seen Jesus. Anybody who knows Jesus knows he's pure. Anybody who knows Jesus knows he's holy. Anybody who knows Jesus knows he's humble. Anybody who knows Jesus knows he's gentle. Jesus is not gra-gra. Praise the Lord. No, he's gentle. He's lovely. He's powerful, but he's meek. Hallelujah, somebody. So as, as we go, get to go to the communion, I just want us to see quickly now, Colossians 1, 27, we referenced it, 27 and 28. Maybe I'll just take... Colossians 1, 27, okay, 27 and 28. It says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery, mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. 28 says, look at what 28 says. Let's read it together. It says, who do we preach? 
Him we preach, what do we do? Warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom. Why? That we may present every man, what? Perfect in Christ Jesus. That's our destination. And on this journey, everything will be used. That your troublesome husband will be used. That your troublesome wife will be used. The, con- the, the peculiar problems of Nigeria will be used. That difficult situation at work will be used. All of that, God has one goal. He wants to look at you. Many of us may have heard the story. They said they asked the silversmith, how do you know when the vessel in the fire is ready to come out? He said, until the silversmith or the goldsmith picks up the vessel and looks at it and sees his image. At that point, he knows he needs no more fire because it's reflecting the exact image of the one smithing it. That's what God wants to do with you. So what am I saying, brothers and sisters? Don't think your problem is uh, biological or medical. God wants to bring you high. He wants to lift you high. He wants to take you above. He wants to make you a testimony. He wants to make you a general in his army. He wants to make you a, a, a pillar. So that when you stand, others will line up behind you. Let's rise up on our faith. You're too loaded. You, you have such a privilege. This man said we were hoping. We, we want to go beyond hope. We, we, our eyes are open to the Savior. Brethren, the, the, the future we have in him is a settled future. The destiny the believer has in Christ is a settled destiny. The Bible says you and I have a seal. The seal is the seal of the Holy Ghost. What we have now is expedition. Don't let anybody hold you down. For all things indeed are what? Possible. But let them be all things in the direction of where they want us to be. Perfect in Christ Jesus. Let, let, let me not be tempted by lust. Let me not be tempted by greed. Let me not be tempted by even fear. You understand what it means? Praise the Lord. Let, 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 me, let me emphasize that point a bit for Nigerians. You see, you see, Saul, Saul was not a very bad person. The problem Saul had was that he couldn't handle fear. Samuel said to him, I'm going to come in seven days and I will make the sacrifice and then you'll go and fight the Philistines. By the seventh day, his army that was about 3,000 had diminished to 600. And the Philistines were generating more, you know, activities surrounding Israel. And he looked around him and he said, at the rate this thing is going, this whole man will finish. Samuel will not come. I go die, you. He said, rather than die, Samuel no be human being. He took the sacrifice and made. That was what sealed his rejection. It was not fornication. It was not adultery. It was not any of those things. It was that he did not trust in God. I pray a release of confidence in God to you. I pray a release of confidence in God. An assurance that God will be who he has said to you he'll be. 
that God will not disappoint you. So said, God might disappoint me. How can the one who went to the cross, the songwriters have told us, it's not the nails that held him on the cross. It was his love for you and I that held him. He could have come down if he kept himself on the cross. Can you stay through that trial and tell him I believe in you? Can you stay through that experience and tell him I'll go through this looking to you? We sang one of the songs. It says there is no wall he won't kick down. There is no mountain he won't climb up chasing after you. It says if anyone draws back my soul will not have pleasure. May God not come for you and you would have left the place you should be. In the name of Jesus. Jesus is faithful. Jesus is dependable. Jesus is reliable. I, I, I don't know what I, what I could do. But those men that we read from our text, I don't know where they would buy the story that this Jesus would forsake them. I don't know where they bought the story. That the end of Jesus will be confusion. I don't know, but it made them sad. Someone came into church sad. You've been going about depressed because you could not see the end. But this morning I charge you, lift up your eyes. See him faithful. See him reliable. See him dependable. The songwriter said, behold he comes. See him coming for you. Just as he said he will. See him showing himself faithful. Just as he has done time and time and time again. Lift up your eyes. And see the Jesus who can never fail. Who has never failed. Who will never fail. His name is Jesus. He is called Savior. He is the Christ. The Son of the living God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I want to thank you.